0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
0: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right.
2: Welcome back to See Also, I'm Brodie Lancaster. And I am Kate Jinx. Jinx, yeah, I feel like every second episode we start by saying we're back. Uh, And everyone listening hears us every weekend, so it doesn't mean anything. No, it just
3: means that we're back on a Saturday in your feed.
2: Yeah, but we're back across from each other in a room and you've been away again.
3: Yeah, pulling back the veils of mystery here, (laughs) (laughs) Bill. Uh, Yeah, I took an actual holiday, like a break that had nothing to do with work Uh, Took eight nights off, I feel refreshed, reset I went to Thailand
2: You're glowing
3: Thank you Um, It was, look, taking a holiday, it turns out it's a really good idea Do people know this? (laughs) Well, my partner and I didn't. Like we yeah. we were just congratulated ourselves for being on a holiday almost every second. We were just like, we're really doing this holiday. We're I really love having that. a holiday.
2: I think the last time I went on like a Capital H holiday was like the end of 2018, start of twenty nineteen, and I went to Bali with a group of girlfriends for fun. my friend Sinead's thirtieth. And Sinead and I had a pact where we like I think one of us would owe the other money or something if we tried to turn any relaxing experience into an article <laughs> later
3: <laughs> like while you're on the holiday like you're like oh, like oh this would be a good story I might pitch it like that kind of thing
2: literally I might pitch this or if we're talking about something <laughs> and an idea comes up and we go I might pitch that not allowed
3: no that is a good idea I am one of those people too yeah I haven't pitched anything from my trip so far or any of my trips. I actually did reach out on Instagram saying, like, editors, do you need a piece on me staying in a converted women's prison so that I can pay off the shoes I bought yesterday? I didn't get any takers. That's so weird. I know. I feel like, you know, someone should be asking me to do, like, a travel column at this point,
2: right? It's so random. Yeah, they really should. You should be writing for, like, the in-flight Magazines, Although that's not very glamorous. But, yeah, give me a travel column. Yeah. I'm travelling a lot. You really are. It makes sense. You're going to cinemas all across the globe.
3: (laughs) Yeah, infinity pools
2: too. Yeah. Saunas, what have you. Okay, what bodies of water were you in over the last week and a bit?
3: (laughs) Well, I sort of just lived in a pool. Like I really lived in my cozies. Great. For like nine days, which is – Unlike me and quite wild. Uh, mm. I loved it. Um, yeah, we stayed in, we went straight to Phuket and uh, stayed at a really fancy, ridiculous White Lotus style place that I think is actually, like we were talking about it, I think it's actually too Like, it's too turbo White Lotus for actual White Lotus. Yeah, right. Like, you are put on a speedboat for 45 minutes, then you pull up at the island and the dock and literally the staff are there waiting, waving at you with, like, buggies at the
2: ready. Oh, my God. And That side (laughs) is now threatening after what we experienced in White Lotus Season (laughs) 1. Yeah, it really is, right? You
3: know, and there's no reception, there's no lobby. Everyone has a gem or a guest experiences manager.
2: (laughs) I thought you meant like a crystal.
3: uh, It's like that you WhatsApp with to, you know, work out your daily adventures and where you're gonna have dinner that night, etc. It sounds look sounds disgusting. I hate myself for saying this and I don't really want to talk about it. It doesn't sound disgusting.
2: It sounds really luxe and (laughs) I wanted to do it. It was
3: it was very nice. It's like every every villa has its own infinity pool and we stayed in one kind of tucked away one and then we stayed with one that had like an ocean front and i was literally in the pool when the news came through that white lotus season three is being set in (laughs) thailand
2: (laughs) we got to get you in that room oh my god it
3: was too funny and and then apparently Mike White is, like, traveling around Thailand at the moment, checking places out. Uh, anyway, look, it was really divine. I, the best thing that we did was we went on, like, an island hopping tour where mm-hmm. you get picked up in a long boat and uh, they just sail you to these different extremely remote islands, mm. uh, which you'd be familiar with if uh, you have seen – this is just for you, B.L., Bridget Jones' Edge of Reason.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Because we did actually watch that while we were over there. I love that. <laughs> Looking up, like, what's set in Thailand? I think if you want to keep the holiday going, Jinxie, you have to tune in to Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season three, I think we're up to. They're in Thailand. Are they? It's Heather and Whitney. Oh, because like a lot of people were messaging me going like,
3: wow, this looks like you're on an ultimate... Girl's trip, but I, d- I just thought, oh, yes, because we're
2: girls. You and Zoe were bad weather. Yeah but, yeah, but I didn't realize they're actually in Thailand. Yeah, Giselle and Candace, Leah McSweeney. Um, oh, wow. There are a lot of tiki torches for her to throw around over there. Yeah, she's throwing a lot around. And by that I mean her voice. I don't know. She's, like, complaining about not having her period and then complaining about having her period. I'm a bit behind on episodes, but Leah's... Fucking annoying. Do you do you know where they are in it? Nah. Mm, I bet it's... They did some, like, elephant mud mm. shenanigans. I wonder if it's Phuket. Maybe it's, like, Koh Samui or something. I mean, I feel like they're going to go to the big name spots, you know? Like, I Phuket. Feel, yeah,
3: I feel like uh, White Lotus is going to be set at the Four Seasons Koh Samui. Okay. That's my, that's my guess.
2: Great. Is that where you
3: stayed? I, no, I didn't stay there, but the first two seasons have both been set... At Four Seasons Resorts and that is the big one there.
2: I saw someone on TikTok who checked into a Four Seasons in Hawaii and it was literally the pineapple suite (laughs) from the finale (laughs) of season one. And they were like,
3: ah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, this was – the holiday was really, really good. All the sunsets look like 70s stationery. I went swimming in a cave that was called the Ghost Cave because it's where – Uh, people had previously left bodies to, you know, do their thing.
2: (laughs) Do their thing. Okay, Uh, so the resort, check. (laughs) uh,
3: Yep. So that was very good. Um, Totally lent in on the holiday, like ordered pina coladas and uh, daiquiris. Great. As the sun was setting. Did you? I Why not?
2: Why not? I feel like I've felt a shift in my, like, perception of, relaxing in Mm -hmm. the last year or two, because I think in the past I would have been one of the, I mean, I wouldn't have been this fucking annoying and like not able to read subtext, but you know how there's always those people on the internet who, um, watch the white Lotus and I'm like, why are these Irish people eating in the restaurant and not realizing that that's the point.
3: That's the point.
2: But I am now at the point of, I want to stay in an all inclusive resort where I don't have to think I don't Mm -hmm. have to like, you know, I would love to go and explore Thailand Mm -hmm. and eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner at places that are like off the beaten track or like locals recommended. But I also want to have a holiday where I don't have to think about anything and food just happens in front of me and then I could just fall into bed.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, this wasn't all inclusive, like, after sun but oh my god every little girl i saw on holidays in a baggy t-shirt i was like
2: oh was after sun no stop you're just crying yeah, the whole exactly. holiday. it's like is there gonna be karaoke um you hear a scottish accent and you'll just burst into tears <laughs> the first place we
3: stayed we stayed there for six nights and uh i didn't leave the resort at all because i didn't need to i mean we went island hopping you mm. know swam with monkeys etc that was enough for me yeah but yeah but also there weren't many tourists like it was quite incredible like Mm. it's quite Untouched and not untouched, obviously, because there's a five star resort there. But yeah, it was much more remote than like where we had been previously. I guess. Yeah. yeah. But like Zoe, she got a bike and went outside the compound <laughs> to like, get a sunscreen because we were baking.
2: Um, <laughs> like I don't ask questions about yeah, where exactly. she goes <laughs> on her
3: little adventures. So then we went. So we were uh, on the island called Yenoi, and then we went to Surin in phuket and stayed at the beautiful private beach and blah 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 like it was great and then but then we did go outside Mm. the funniest thing we went to um this like old phuket old town and there was an off-brand harry potter bar there
2: oh my god i was not explaining where that (laughs) sentence was going no it
3: was really odd what was it called and it was called, like, The Hog's Head or something. Sure. And, like, we were so amused. We did hug our Heads in and it was, they were just the staff Put your looked, little hogs heads yeah. in. The staff just looked dead inside. They <laughs> were, there was this music that was just, like, the theme song, but not yeah. on a loop. Yeah, okay. and it was just really dark in there. Um, yeah, like. Shrunken heads and thing. Anyway, look, it was it was you know. At least I'm I'm guessing it was a no turf zone. At least
2: you never know. You never know. It's not the kind of witchy vibe you cultivate. Different kind of witch.
3: No. Yeah, exactly. It was quite odd, but um, you know when you're going to like your. Authentic crab curry place next door And then you can <laughs> pop your head into the hogshead For a little pint of mead Yeah, pretty much yeah. But look, um like, yeah, it was delightful And it was so nice to I don't usually go on those Never go on those holidays I've honestly never been on that kind of holiday mm-hmm. And
2: it was, was good It was really good Did you watch anything besides Bridget Jones' Edge of Reason?
3: Yep um I, this, is, this
2: is like the castle What did you watch on the plane? Uh, Jumanji? Jumanji Yeah, Jumanji Actually, I watched She Said finally on the oh. plane And it was really great <laughs> Was it? Yeah, I missed it I missed it too And then there came a point where I was like I don't have to watch this I lived in the world I highly recommend watching Okay, love I this I thought it was really well
3: made Great And the cast is great mm-hmm. um, I really like... Carrie. Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan. Yeah. They're both great. Love Zoe Kazan. Patricia Clarkson. Love Patricia Clarkson. Oh, is she in it? Yeah. What's she up to? Uh, She plays one of the big bosses at the New York Times. I watched
2: Bombshell. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, why am I just listing Me Too movies? But, like, The Assistant by Kitty Green. Love The Assistant by Kitty Green. Okay, so this completes a trilogy.
3: Yeah, look, The Assistant, I think, is far and away the standout of the kind of... Weinstein Me Too films. Mm-hmm. Just an incredible film. Love her work.
2: But she said it's really, really I was really moved. I cried. Did I ever tell you about the one time I the first time I ever took Valium on an international <laughs> flight? <laughs> Do tell. I sorry, I've just taken this is your Love holiday it. story. But I I booked ahead and got that flight in economy on Qantas that has no seat in front of oh, it. Yeah. And so I was like, it's a rare seat to get Bill. Dad's walking past. were like, how'd you get this? <laughs> um, I just know how to book a airline seat, my guy. Mm-hmm. But, um, I got on, put my scarf on, did as my doctor said, wait until we were taking off to take my Valium so that I didn't have a moment of falling asleep mm-hmm. in the boarding area or whatever. And then just couldn't figure anything out in my life. So, like, didn't realize that I had a screen that came out of my armrest. I instead thought that because there was no seat in front of me, I didn't get a screen. And there was no one next to me. So I just leaned over and was watching movies on, like, a... What is it, like... somebody else's... 40-degree angle. There was no one there, but I was just leaning and watching... And I watched the movie Suffragette Oh god. <laughs> starring Meryl Streep and whoever else.
3: Oh, God, who was in that? But remember,
2: remember there was that, that controversy on, like, Tumblr because they were on the cover of Time Out and they wore shirts that were like, she's a rebel or, like, she's not a rebel, she's a suffragette or whatever and it was like had some racial connotations Mm. or something anyway i watched that and it wasn't a good movie and i didn't like it but i cried the entire time i mean you will and i'm on a 45 degree angle so i just felt water (laughs) falling sideways (laughs) out of my face and like pooling on my shoulder and then at the end the uh, flight attendant came past and just pulled the screen out of my (laughs) armrest okay Sure, all right Thank you
3: (laughs) I didn't have that But I didn't have to watch She said on a 45 degree angle I also watched Living Which was great A film that I had missed Oh, that's the Bill
2: Nye one? Yeah, fantastic, beautiful Do we think that I Do you know
3: what? Sorry, Hog Hive Yeah It uh, It also stars Tom Burke
2: That guy's everywhere
3: Our boyfriend Tom Burke
2: Yeah, yeah Love him He's a star He is a star I get kind of mad when I see his face though because Anthony was just such a bad boyfriend. Because what he did. Yeah.
3: He was, he had a lot to deal
2: with. He <sighs> yeah. really struggled. I know. Okay. Well, Hulkive. do you think that Bill Nye is going to be Anna Wintour's date at the Met Gala or will they go separately Or will he not go
3: I think he won't go yeah. They don't seem to go to those sorts of events together I mean he took a Not Polly Pocket What's those little a Sylvanian Yeah he took a Sylvanian family To, <laughs> to the Oscars. Oscars with him So <laughs> I, I don't know Same size as Anna Wintour perhaps Yeah she fits in his pocket They both wear sample sizes <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well while you were on holiday I was DJing at a wedding Cool. On the weekend. um, Nicole and Ben. Mazel. Dear, dear sweet friends who got married on Friday night and asked me to DJ. And I relished the opportunity. Oh, that's good. Because some people,
3: you know, like I've only ever DJed at one friend's wedding. And I had a great time. Shout out to Alex and Eden. <laughs> but... I know friends who are, like, get really stressed about it.
2: Yeah. Well, Nicole is a great DJ. Ah. And there were many great DJs there, including a couple whose, like, songs I played. Oh, cool. Because they were on the, you know, the list from the couple of songs they wanted to hear. Um... I now know that despite the fact that I was hired as their DJ and also their friend. Mm -hmm. um, You were
3: hired as their friend? Hired
2: as their friend for the night, um, that you can kind of get away with a well-sequenced Spotify playlist with a like four-second crossfade setting. Mm. Like at some point in the night, I could have probably let loose a little bit and just done that. Instead, I was queuing up every single song for four hours, Mm. but it started with a horror. I soundtracked my first horror. That's great. um, Which is very fun. Oh, we played all manner of songs, like 10 minutes worth of horror songs, but they were all from this like rogue Spotify playlist that apparently is like an underground shared link for like. Jewish celebrations and events that these like bar mitzvah DJs charge you like a hundred dollars access to this playlist Mm -hmm. but Ben got it from someone else who got it from someone else and he sent it to me black market I love it really good and then I had to play um a remix of uh, his f- football team's anthem which is one of my football team's nemeses. Oh, that would have been hard. It was hard. Yeah, mm. it was hard. Sorry for your loss. Thank you. We also lost the footy that night while I was oh, playing God. but I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um. But yeah, it was really fun. I want to shout out Esther in India who came up a couple of times to say they love the podcast. Oh, hello. Thank you. I may have opened my DMs and been like, look where Jinxie is. She's on holiday. <laughs> so I just you know, I just need to confess to you I It did give them a bit of a behind the scenes. Look where this bitch
3: is. Yeah. That was really fun. That is really nice. What else have you been up to since I've been away?
2: I have been not doing a whole lot. I've been working a lot and also, as always, like re-evaluating my relationship to productivity and (laughs) Mm -hmm. optimizing my schedule. I think I might be almost done with my tracking spreadsheet. Wow. All right. Something shifted when I got sick. And it was like, it was almost like a punishment every day, putting in high screen time, low steps. Mm. Um, you know, I have the check boxes of like cleaning and mm-hmm. like doing things around the house, personal hygiene stuff, shit that like is really hard when you're really sick. Yeah. Um, and so it did start to feel like, like I've been looking at it going, oh my God, my numbers are down for March. Mm, you and you I'm not giving myself a whole lot of grace. No. Um, so yeah, I think when I'm firing at a hundred percent, it's good. But also, I don't know if I need it so much anymore.
3: I support you no matter what, as you know, BL. But I think it would be good to just take a have a trial separation from it.
2: Yeah, and it's like, take
3: a month off and see
2: how you go. Yeah, it's been good for me to like understand that picking up a book and reading it at night is just something that I can do as part of my routine flossing, like being really good with my, like cleaning my apartment and also myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, tracking my budget is very handy, but there are even some days where I think, God, I really wanted to be able to highlight today as like a no spend day. Cause mm-hmm. that's like a real treat, but I had my, Hey, you subscription got taken out. So I can't yeah. like, and that's no reason to kind of, punish myself or beat myself up, you know.
3: You should just set those sorts of things up as a monthly expense and don't put them in the rest of your spending, Yeah, I would say. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it so much. It's a good idea. But also, yeah, what about if you stopped doing that, wouldn't you get some more time back?
2: Yeah, a couple of minutes a night, you know. It's not a huge amount, but it's also – some a little less screen time, maybe,
3: yeah, I think it's it becomes work too, yeah, and aren't we looking to work less?
2: I truly am, yeah, I would love to work a lot less, but even though no, I just begged for someone to give me a travel, call.
3: <laughs> I'm serious, I'm serious if you're listening,
2: yeah, give her one she's i I get all my tips from her from her talking about you like you're not in the room <laughs> she
3: said she's the cats
2: she said. <laughs>
3: well yeah look i want to see how this goes i think that productivity is something that we need to talk about again soon
2: yeah and you know what what tracking a spreadsheet and then abandoning it that's a story i'd want to read if someone pitched it oh yeah
3: i was pleased to come home and catch up on all the big news
2: oh yeah gwyneth oh good for her Good for her. Good for her. Gwindicated. She was Gwindicated. I was pleased. Yeah. She I, looked great. I got into an argument with someone about it the second they arrived at work today. <laughs> Really, someone was pro the other well, guy? No, no, not so much. But more just was questioning my blind support of Gwyneth. <laughs> I was like, this case was to establish who was further downhill because whoever was more downhill had right of way on the slopes. This is something I've learned mm-hmm. in the last week. I've slope never slope etiquette. Never been skiing in my fucking life. Never will. <laughs> But um, suddenly I'm an expert. I'm really, really uh, obsessed with the alpine
3: resort region of Victoria, having since moved to Victoria.
2: We can go to Buller,
3: babe. I'd love to. Yeah, let's go to Buller. We can learn about our slope etiquette.
2: Yeah, I'm not interested. I just want to (laughs) upray. Of course.
3: Like Audrey Hepburn at the beginning of Charade.
2: Yeah, or Heather Gay. Sure. Either one. (laughs) Same, same person, really. Yeah. (laughs) Heather Gay is our generation's Audrey Hepburn. I think so. Everyone says it.
3: Why didn't she play her in the biopic?
2: Yeah. Hmm. That's miscast. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Yes. Sorry. I cut you off. No, that's okay. I really loved, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Gwyneth's court outfits. Yeah. Great. And I think the take that I loved the most was from, I mean, I'm sorry to mention it because of how inaccessible it can be was Rachel Tashins in opulent tips, which came Mm. out at the start of the week. She kind of tried to articulate why Gwyneth just dressing kind of tidy and rich, um, made such an impact. Mm. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. she, it It's so true because she got to the point of basically saying this is – she's dressing like an adult and we don't really have a reference point for that mm-hmm. because adulthood is such a hazy, like – you know, ephemeral thing now mm. where 35 year olds say they're adulting when they like wash the dishes or whatever. Like <laughs> Rachel Tashin isn't saying this. I'm, I've been thinking about that recently. Yeah. Um that, Adulting no. This like performance of adulthood <laughs> yep. and it doesn't look like anything anymore. Yeah. But Gwyneth looks like a fucking, she looks like an adult. Adult. Yeah. Oh, I'm into it. She looks great. You know what? I know that she's (laughs) uh, been spruking a very thinly veiled eating disorder recently, (laughs) but I'm always going to love Gwyneth because she advocates for having just like one cigarette a week. And I think that's a (laughs) balanced lifestyle you can goop yeah. all day long and then on sunday you have your american spirit singular
3: yeah 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 i'm with you yeah um i really enjoyed friend of the pod and recent guest Naomi fry's piece in the new yorker that yeah. was really great why gwyneth paltrow's trial is her best role in years was a really good piece about it
2: did gwyneth officially quit acting
3: well, no i don't think so i don't know i mean i didn't she didn't call me to tell me that's rude i know uh,
2: that means she didn't
3: i you know i dropped into the goop store in san francisco a couple of years
2: ago and there was no message for me there either yeah strange well i love their famously love their um dry brush
3: yes you do well she does it every day she has a sauna and then she i read all about it that's why her circulation's so good well yeah i think there are I think there are a few reasons.
2: Yeah. But um I don't want to be like Chick magazine in like the mid 2000s being like this skinny girl needs a cheeseburger which was a tr- real column yes. in that era. Oh, my God bitch magazine chick chick magazine chick magazine magazine. magazine. yes different bitch also also existed but yeah remember how there was that era of like if you like wearing pants and surfing which i liked one of those things um (laughs) i just wanted to be a tomboy so badly but like the whole thing was you have to hate skinny hot women like that yeah. was what yeah teen feminism was in a yeah, like totally. a pre-tumblr era these women went, aren't real yeah they're like bitches let's shove a sausage roll in their <laughs> mouths guys i'm just one of the boys like why am i talking about this i don't know oh, but not in a chick magazine way mm. but like i would really love to like be like gwyneth here's a roast chicken maybe like you don't have to drink bone broth just eat eat a chicken sandwich. Yeah. I think you'd really like it. would well, take some vitamins and don't get them put into your veins. Yeah. It's like, you'll still get the collagen, babe, but you're mm. just like eating so fun. Well, I'm just glad that she got her dollar, you know? Yeah. She wishes him well. Oh, <laughs> so good. And now he's so embarrassed forever on know, the internet. Oh, am so good. I wish you well. I wish you well. And he, you could tell he was like, oh, thank you. Oh, I was telling someone today, Gwyneth famously saved someone on 9-11. Do you remember that anecdote?
3: Oh my God. Like, no, but is she up there with Steve
2: Buscemi as a 9-11 hero? Um, close, but not (laughs) quite. I mean, in my head, yes, they're tied. But sometimes I Google it and I think, did I invent this? But I'm pretty sure it was real. A woman was walking to the train and she worked in the World Trade Center. And she's crossing the street and kind of like stepped on the... Cro- like stepped across the street as a car kind of stopped suddenly and she went to be like oh, do I go do you go do I go do you go and the ca- person in the car was like Ooh, who's gonna go which of us is gonna go it was fucking Gwyneth driving and the woman like recognized her and was like oh my god Gwyneth Paltrow was hit me with her car and she was like hey and then she like waved whatever went- I'm probably butchering this story went to the train station was like oh my god I just encountered Gwyneth Paltrow chic." Her train's leaving. She's like, "Fuck! I'm late to work." If she had been on that train, she would have been inside the building when the plane hit. But instead, she was late to work because Gwyneth Paltrow saved her fucking life. Gwyneth. So I wish her well. Team Gwyneth forever. If you don't already, please pop over to Instagram and make sure you're following at see also podcast. We're going to be doing a little bit of like a listener survey soon as we prepare for some IRL stuff this year and also just some future episodes, including a Q&A episode coming up. So if you've ever DM'd us or wanted to DM us or are sitting on a little question that you'd love to hear us talk about got a recommendation for us and also of your own perhaps um keep an eye out on our instagram and we're going to give you an opportunity very soon to write into the podcast i feel like we've been
3: on a roll with our reading lately bl like we've done quite a few apps where we're like i and finding it hard to get back into reading, etc. cetera. <laughs> but we've been both reading books that we've really enjoyed, like really loved.
2: Yeah. And we have been doing the thing that I've never thought I was able to do in the past, which is like keep a pace with one another. Mm. Like I've never joined a book club before because I'm like, I'm just a slow reader. It's how I self-identify. But, you know. You read a lot though. You don't strike me as someone who reads slowly. Yeah. I think my, I don't know, my... Habit tracking spreadsheet was good for something I guess and also being on bed rest Really contributed mm. to especially this Book we're about to talk about
3: yeah well this One was you know I Really enjoyed reading it by the pool um <laughs> Well, particularly because it's set in the winter, so it was really nice to experience. <laughs> it's set experience. in the
2: opposite of a Thailand well. Yeah, resort. exactly.
3: Uh, we are, of course, talking about I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay, who made a big splash uh, a few years ago with The Great Believers, which was nominated
2: for a ton of awards. But this one, have you read that one? Are you familiar with her? No, you were really excited about this book coming out and you're like, it's new Rebecca Mankai. And I nodded and was like, yes. But I I truly was coming to her fully fresh. Like I had no reference point for her work. I listened to a couple of podcasts that she's been on in previous years. um, And obviously now I'm going to seek out her. Previous mm. books
3: Well yeah I mean this one I was particularly excited For us both to read Because the main character Bodie Kane Which is like a really weird version Of both
2: of our names Kate on my notes I said Podcaster and film critic Bodhi Kane Sounds like Dorinda Medley Slurring Trying to describe <laughs> you and I
3: <laughs> Oh my god This is like the Dorinda cameo That I, uh, my friend Joe Got me for my birthday Where she was like I hear you working in a cinema <laughs>
2: Bodhi Cage, podcast, film, <laughs> film writer critic. It's like when she dressed in the bubble dress and she was like NSL, it's from NSL. And she meant Saturday Night Live. Andy Zamburg. Oh, Dorinda. Anyway, Dorin. sorry, I've derailed. No, I love it as ever. Yeah, it's us, Bodie Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Bodhi Kane.
3: We should start using that. Um so Bodie Kane, it's written from this first person. Uh Bodhi Kane is a podcaster and film historian, film teacher. She Her podcast is called Starlet Fever. So good. Which is a great title. Uh, looking at like the golden age of Hollywood, etc. It's very Karina Longworth's You Must Remember This. Mm-hmm. Very
2: much so. It's also kind of Tina Fey Only Murders. Oh, yes. Yeah. It
3: really is. And so she goes back to her alma mater, uh, Granby, which was – an incredible like boarding school uh, for not just the rich kids, as we you know learn in the book, but uh, for it 's essentially in New England in the middle of the woods. These kids are incredibly cut off from the rest of society throughout the year while she was there. her roommate, who she wasn 't very good friends with, uh, died, and so she is sort of trying to piece together what actually happened to this character. Who she talks about constantly and about how to pronounce the name, but never tells you
2: how to pronounce the name. Right. Talia? Tha- Thalia? Yeah, Talia? Thalia? I would assume it's Thalia? Thalia, because she says, like, everyone on the internet always got the pronunciation wrong. But mm. I'm like, it's spelled with a TH, which tells me that it's probably not pronounced
3: with a TH. Talia.
2: Talia? Talia. We never know. It's a friggin' book. And <laughs> she's not alive, so we can't ask her. Yeah, so Talia is murdered on, like, is it the last night of their senior year? She's just performed in, like, the senior show. Then there's, like, a party in the woods all the kids are drinking at. She's not there. It's kind of – you can see, like, the red string that mm-hmm. the people who are, like, quote-unquote true crime junkies yeah. would have been putting up over the years to kind of, like, map out their own theories of what happened because a man is imprisoned for her murder very soon after. And when Bodie comes back to the school 23 years later to teach a podcasting course – One of the students in that course says they want to make a true crime podcast investigating this murder, positing that the wrong person was charged and imprisoned for Talia's murder. Very serial. Very Adnan. (laughs) And Bodhi agrees. She has had similar feelings over the years and also has carried with her this kind of not always guilt or responsibility, but just like, did I say the thing about her that made the police look into this element of her life? Mm. You know? So it's just a really fascinating book that charts almost in real time, it feels like, Bodhi over the two weeks that she's there figuring out how to approach this as she casts her memory back to her school years and also like carries with her a lot of that like teenage stress and like fears that the popular kids are going to turn on her for Mm. being involved in their business.
3: Yeah, and it's written in this – I loved how you said that it was written in like it was in real time. I really felt that, and it's part of the style of it is that she is actually writing to another character throughout the whole book, so she's addressing this you throughout the whole book, and that sort of makes the whole thing feel very intimate, Mm. but at the same time establishes – the Bodie Kane character as a potentially unreliable narrator because if you have ideas about something and you are wanting to get your opinion across to a particular person, you're going to construct the narrative how you want it to be constructed. Mm. So the whole time I was reading, it, I felt very much that she was like doling out the information exactly to make this other person feel a particular way.
2: Yeah. And you also feel her remembering things Mm. along the way, you know, and because she is addressing the you, you find out quite early on who that person is in her past. And, you know, slowly over the course of the book, you understand why she's talking to them, but you feel her questioning her own theories about the person she's writing to as it goes on. And she's like, but wait, you couldn't have done that if you were here instead Mm. or I remember you being here but were you really or did you just tell me that at the time so that I would provide an alibi or a cover or whatever Um, it's really fascinating and when new information presents itself, you're reckoning with that at the same time as she is. Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. And the whole
3: idea of sort of collective memory is returned to throughout the novel in the same way that you mentioned that like, her memories change as she's writing, But also when she speaks to, you know, her ex-schoolmates and they tell her about what they remember as well and everything, like some things fit and some things don't Mm. and everyone sort of has this different memory or is it just a memory because they had to go through like police interviews or were interviewed by the press at the time. Mm. And so the thing that you said on that night, becomes your only memory of it, like that's how you yeah. think about it, and so it's like how you construct your own memories is very much a part of of the book. And I really loved to kind of not just the true crime aspect of it. I really enjoyed how she, the Bodie Kane character, writes about how she felt as a teenager, yeah. like how she had all these different body issues and how she dealt with that. And how she was kind of part of this sort of subculture group without actually having a subculture. And sort of not fitting in with the other students and, like, having crushes on these, like, hunky dudes who, did, you know, she didn't think knew who she was, etc. And then as an adult, she meets them again and realises that, this isn't a spoiler, that, like,
2: their view of her was different to what she thought of mm. herself. Mm. And also how, like... A small kindness that someone showed her when she was, like, this kind of broken, hurt teenager clouded her perception of them as well. Like, the idea that someone could be good and not, say, a suspect in a murder case because they were nice to her Mm -hmm. and no one was really nice. She didn't feel like people were nice to her.
3: Yeah. And she had a really hard childhood.
2: Fuck, Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The circumstance for her going to this elite kind of prep school is like fascinating and feels a little Salt Lake City.
3: It does feel a bit Salt Lake City, doesn't it? It's a
2: little Housewives, yeah. Yeah,
3: it's really, yeah, I do not want to give anything away, but no. it's really
2: quite devastating. Yeah, I think the length of this book, I just want to say, 400 and something pages can make it feel a little impenetrable, maybe from the outside if you're looking at it on a shelf and you're like, No way could I tear through (laughs) that from this, like, esteemed, award-winning author. It is so readable. Oh, my God. I ripped right through it. Yeah. And, like, you mentioned the prose. Like, her writing style is, like, so – it's so accessible. She writes in such a straightforward, like, engrossing way. It's really – I was just, like, struck by it every chapter. I was, like, Mm. I just – it's, like, propelling me forward but not in a kind of – I don't know. You'll never believe what happens next, kind totally. of way. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: also, I really felt like a friend had written it or something like that. Like I really felt like I knew this character or knew the writer who had made this Well, it's piece. us, Bodie Kane. <laughs> and it's us, Bodie Kane. We actually wrote this book. We are Rebecca Mackay. <laughs> um, I really just felt I don't know, like a weird kinship, I guess, with the writing style of it mm-hmm. or something like that. We should mention that there is, I mean, this has been called like. A Me Too book? Oh, this is this mm. is Rebecca Mackay's Me Too book. It's her a great she be- said. yeah, The Great Believers was her AIDS Crisis book. And I think that's, you know, pretty reductive reading yeah. of it. Yeah. But I really love the way that she talks about like someone is quote unquote cancelled within this book. Mm-hmm. And It sort of comes out of nowhere and it's quite, yeah, look, it's quite unexpected. Mm. And I really loved the way the character had to deal with it and being kind of personally affected by it and how that colors and implicated. Implicated, yeah. And how that like colors her thinking about it. But also that her thoughts around it kind of change over the book as well. Mm. And then, you know, she's talking about like, well, that just sounds like a bad date, essentially, whereas actually I was um, sexually assaulted and you are making mm. what I went through, like you're trivializing what I went through because what you're going, like, you know, minimizing this other woman's story. Yeah. yeah, I just found all that really kind of fascinating and something that no one is really talking about in a particularly eloquent way and I you know obviously fiction is quite a good way of doing it
2: yeah totally and the way the book is paced too where we check in with her over days and weeks it means that that is allowed to play out the same way it does online and mm. like news cycles you know and it really puts you back in that period she doesn't talk about me too explicitly I don't think she ever uses the words no, I right don't think she does um but it very much is like positioning you in that time and place where Every day you log on, and it's like, why is this man trending? What's mm-hmm. this man done? And I think it might be, I don't know why I'm just assuming people's preconceptions about this very acclaimed book, but I feel like if you hear the Cliff's Notes of like, it's a podcaster, it's true crime, it talks about like Twitter cancellations yeah. and Me Too and this and that, you might think it's like, oh, grabbing at all the trendy news from items. The headlines. Totally. But it's the way that Rebecca Mackay writes the internet and people on the internet, the way that people on Twitter jump in and Mm -hmm. are like, why are you not saying this? And, you know, the what about ism of like, I can't care about two things at once, Mm -hmm. conflating like issues of different scale and you know like her podcast advertisers threatened like they're worried about her advertisers if she's implicated in this thing like it's all very honest yeah it is um and accurate like wildly accurate and that makes me so curious how the murderinos are gonna take a book like this Oh yeah Because The (laughs) murdering, You know, like, she's dealing with her Karina Longworthy, like, historian telling the stories of, like, you know, murdered Hollywood starlets in the far away distant past. And then also dealing with the, like, not so distant past death of someone who feels much more close to her. Like, she sees Talia's murder as almost something to, like, protect and be much more careful over than these women from year has gone by Mm. but when other people do the same thing like youtubers pop up every now and then Mm -hmm. who have theories and you know there are tv specials and all this kind of thing about the murder she's she's very critical of the way that they tell the story and she's kind of grappling with like the ethics of doing her job as she's doing this job
3: yeah, I really loved all of that. And also the way that she is imparting her knowledge to these students who are making this serial style podcast and how she is deciding how much to influence them or not, how much information to give them,
2: yeah. whether to give them contact details, etc. And being very cautious in a way that I loved about like, don't tell this cool person from my high school years that I'm working on this because they're gonna know that I wasn't really close friends with you guys. Yes. And I don't wanna be the nerd trying to like affiliate myself with the cool kids yeah. even though she's in her like forties.
3: Yes, exactly. There are these great sections every so often where Bodie Kane is reading like the internet or the news cycles and she just starts kind of listing the one where it's like these great sections which yeah. like the one where She was found, you know, dead The one where he got off or whatever And it's just And each one has sort of a specific kind of um, thrust to it But it's just these different news reports Of like assault or abuse But it's just like the layering of the words just really yeah. drives home
2: the, like, endlessness of it. Totally. And it's like, you know, it happens when she's watching TV. It's the one where it was the Hollywood producer. It's mm. the one where it was this. Or she's at a house party. And it's, it's the one where it was the teenage girl in the school swimming pool. Or the mm. one where, th- you know. And so it's her story bleeding into pop culture. And we're reading it going, oh, that was that real one. Yeah. That we you remember reading about And the line between fiction and nonfiction is so blurry because truly she could be talking about fucking anyone and that's the, it hits you every time. It's like, oh, this is something we know about and also so many things we don't know about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, I loved this book. I really loved it. Um, I have a couple of see also one is an episode of the Maris review hosted by book critic Maris Kreitzman, um, Rebecca Mackay. It's I only discovered it recently, but I followed Maris on Twitter. It's kind of a Talia Kane thing. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She's my Twitter friend, (laughs) um, Maris Kreitzman. She is wonderful. And yeah, she had a really nice chat with Rebecca Mackay, very well researched and really informed convo. I also now have, like, a bunch more prep school novels on my uh-huh. to-read pile. I've owned copies of The Secret History by Donna Tartt, a prep by Curtis Sittenfeld for years, and they've just gone on the shelf and I've, you know. You haven't read The Secret History? No. I meant to over Christmas and I didn't. I envy you. I wish I could
3: read that book for the first time again. I've read it many a time. Really, It is just
2: So enjoyable I'm really excited but also nervous because everyone loves
3: it so much Yeah, look, I don't think it's like the best book ever written And I think the last time I read it I was like, yeah, but... It's just so enjoyable. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm excited. So we can't do book club for a while, Jinxie, because I got to read old stuff.
3: <laughs> That's great. I, they were both on my see also list. So oh, there you go. Sorry, I snatched no, them. No, I love
2: it. I also kind of, the, I got little inklings of like the interestings by Mink Walletzer. Oh, yes. That's a summer camp, whereas this is prep school, but a similar kind of imagined world that like teenagers just want to escape too, And then the adult versions as well. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. I love that book. We mentioned Serial Sarah Koenig. Oh, the movie Halloween from 2018. The first in David Gordon Green's reboot of the Michael Myers series opens with true crime podcasters trying to make a Michael Myers podcast. (laughs) Look, the movie's been out for five years. Spoiler alert, he fucking kills them because they're loser nerds (laughs) making a bad, opportunistic, exploitative podcast. But the way that that movie nails the tone and pacing of the true crime podcast is cool. very satisfying. I haven't seen that one. Look, the the trilogy went places, but it started really <laughs> strong, I thought. <laughs> Vulture also published this piece in 2018 called The Ethical Dilemma of Highbrow True Crime. Ooh. And it takes in a lot of the stuff we've kind of mentioned, like the serials, and but also it was 2018, so things like, OJ and John JonBenet Ramsey being kind of like those cases being like dug up and re-examined in the public and turning into like a weird kind of pop culture. Mm. Yeah. Good article.
3: John JonBenet and I share a birthday. Do you?
2: We sure
3: do. That's a good,
2: no, not a good birthday party theme. Stick to Andy Warhol diaries. <laughs> get, yeah, with that
3: Andy Warhol, Elliot Smith, also not a good one. But wow. You okay. Know. Okay.
2: Some good costumes <laughs> Some in good here. I got to say. <laughs>
3: Uh, I got a couple of sea also as well. Of course, Prep by Curtis Sittenfeld and The Secret History by Donna Tart, but also Death in Her Hands by Otessa Mushfeg. Look, it is a book that is not for everyone, and I only know one other person who actually enjoyed it as much as me. <laughs> Shout out to Dan. But uh, I really love how it deconstructed the murder mystery, which is something that Rebecca Mackay is kind of doing within this, I thought. To a very much a lesser extent, there's something in it that kind of reminded me of The Sparsholt Affair by Alan Hollinghurst, which I really enjoyed when it came out, but there is, we mentioned it before, you must remember this, the podcast by Karina Longworth, but the series the dead blondes season uh within that podcast that was very much starlet fever i felt Mm. Uh, and that was a really really excellent season and i've also got to see also just for me which is to listen to Once Upon a Time at Bennington College. Yes. Oh my God. This
2: is I subscribed and then just never listened. Same. Yeah. Uh, th-
3: yeah. It's a podcast all about Bennington College, which is where in the eighties when Donna Tart, Brett Easton Ellis, and Jonathan Lethem at all were yeah. there. And uh, I really need to listen to that.
2: We gotta listen. All right. Let's report back, Jinxie. That's homework for us. Homework. I'll read five books about prep schools and (laughs) listen to a podcast. It's time for our also alsos. And Jinxie, this is like related to a very old one that you shared with me. I have been listening to uh, the articles of interest
3: Ah, season on Ivy
2: Ivy fashion. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it so much. It's so chic. It really is chic. I feel like I was listening to it on the way home tonight and I looked out the window of my tram and I saw like an older man wearing his Ivy outfit. But my tram happened to be going over like the bridge next to Flinders Street Station. So I also saw people like rowing, like crew people. I was like, this is very Ivy, (laughs) but in Melbourne.
3: It's really good. How good is her voice?
2: It's so good. Just yeah, got a great fucking voice. She's really, really good. Um, New Yorker just published this article just recently about like J Crew catalogs and how they were not just showing people modeling clothes; they were showing like lifestyle images of people like doing things like around campus. Mm. And I was like, "This is companion reading to oh, Take cool. Ivy." Yeah. Anyway, do you have an also also to share? <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, my first one is a subscribe also. It's uh, Angie Venezia's newsletter. Angie, if I'm pronouncing your surname wrong, I'm so sorry. I've only ever seen it on the internet. Mm. Angie is a book publicist and writer who is was living in New York and is now based in upstate New York. Anyway, she has a really great newsletter. It's called Home Cooking Diary, and uh, it's about what she's cooking every week and also how she's feeling about it, about mm. what she's cooking, why she's cooking it. Uh, She had a baby last year, and she'll write something about, like, her kid or, like, the house that they're making. Um, It's very intimate, but it's also very useful. She has exquisite taste. Mm. I can't cook a lot of the things that she makes because I don't eat meat, but I still read every single goddamn one, and I file them away in a little newsletter
2: folder. Oh, love this. My first one is a watch also, it is Party Down, the reboot of Party Down, a show I dearly, dearly loved from like I don't know, twelve years ago. It got cancelled. Their final episode got like seventy thousand viewers. It it didn't even register a percentage on the ratings, but it's back. It's been rebooted, and it's not a fucking Gilmore Girls style annoying reboot. Not that I ever <laughs> thought it would be. Mm-hmm. If you never watched Party Down, run don't walk. It stars Adam Scott pre, like, being very famous. Martin Starr post Freaks and Geeks, but pre Silicon Valley. The first season has Jane Lynch and she had to leave to go and be on Glee. So that positions it in a bit of a time and place. And she was replaced sometimes by Jennifer Coolidge and other times by Megan Mullally in the second season and holding the crew or Lizzie Kaplan's in it and holding the crew all together is Ken Marino, like the greatest physical comic actor truly of all time. And he is doing the most unreal, unhinged revolting, like body horror comedy (laughs) in the rebooted season. The shit they make this man do sometimes literal shit is wild and so funny um so yeah the gang's all back together in the present day somehow all these like actors who are moonlighting as waiters in LA are back together 10 years later and it's a joy to watch watch the first two seasons then maybe take a week off and pretend 10 years have passed and then watch the current third season (laughs) that's airing it's on Stan every week and it's like It's a thing that I look forward to every week.
3: My next one is a brew also. Look, if you have read all those articles about, you know... Not spending your money on coffee so you can buy a house. That's bullshit. Uh, as as a Daily Shouts uh, in, or Shouts and Murmurs in the New Yorker recently published, which was um, The Secret to Wealth is Giving Up Pointless Expenses and other lessons from my $28 book, which was very funny and talks about it. But look, I am – because we're back in the office a little bit and it is actually expensive to do that. You need to get transport. You need to like – Pay for childcare or a dog walker or any food, all that kind of stuff. It's actually, you know, it adds up. Yeah. So I'm trying to have, and I drink coffee constantly, so I'm trying to do that a bit less. Mm-hmm. But my simple suggestion for making you not want to go leave the office to go and get, you know, spend $6 on a coffee is get a little Hario V60 pour over for the office, for your little desk, mm. you know, the little like ceramic or you can get them out of whatever. Yeah, um, cute. And have like an actual nice, like, filter, like a drip, a pour over coffee. Mm. It's so good. Take some really good
2: beans into the office. That's what I've been doing, and it's helping. That's a hot tip. One of my favorite co workers brings her AeroPress into work, and it's just like a very chic little habit to watch someone practice.
3: Yeah, I love my AeroPress. I always travel with that. Mm. But yeah, this is just sort of like, you know, a yeah. cute little office guy.
2: Yeah. A cute little office guy. That's what people call you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got a skin also. It's the Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair Eye Cream. You might know about the Advanced Night Repair Serum. It's kind of, I think it's like a famous kind of serum for um, i don't know whatever people put serums on at nighttime for something with the name advanced repair it's mm-hmm. like okay elasticity anti-aging etc but i got a sample of the eye cream in a mecca beauty loot box mm-hmm. a few months ago loved it i'm a pretty loyal eye cream user I have been for about 10 years probably before I really needed to use one and just wanted to buy stuff in my 10 step skincare era. Yep. And now I'm much more simple in what I put on my face. I really just want like every now and then a retinol or an exfoliant. And then, but most of all just hydration, hydration, hydration. And this eye cream is like truly luxe to apply. And I'm about to finish a container of it and so it's like what the YouTube girls used to call an empty where you could really only kind of speak about the efficacy of something once it was in your empties mm. container because um, you'd use the whole thing. Right. I didn't know this lingo. Yeah. empties doll. You collect them all and then you make a YouTube video about them. Um, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I've got a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm
3: about to repurchase. Good to know. Yeah. My last one is a magic also. If you're thinking about getting a tarot reading, I would very much recommend uh, getting one by Sophia from Southern Spells. She is based in Sydney, and I met her when my friend Matt and I used to do a Zodiac film club every month at Golden Age called Elements Rising, and she would come and do readings in the in the bar. It was very fun. Uh, I am long overdue for a reading uh, with her, but she does digital readings that she records and um, We'll send you all the information. But if you're in Sydney, you can book a one-on-one with her at The Calm in Bondi on Thursdays. She also runs support sessions, a writing club, and has this community online called The Coven. Uh, She's all at southernspells.com. But she's the real deal. Uh, Mm. I love a tarot reader. I love reading myself and going to see, you know, like have my psychic intuitive blah, blah, Mm. blah, love, Going to see Sarah Godestina in LA, but she is no longer taking on a new clients. So I cannot recommend. But Sophia is great. Like, it feels like it's coming from a really good place. Love this.
2: Yeah, she's great. If you're overdue for a reading, I'm violently overdue for a reading. I think well, the last time I got a virtual tarot reading, it was also the first time, and it was like the first month of COVID. Oh, that was a while ago. I read it and just sobbed. Anyway, okay. Well, we were all feeling a lot. They, yeah, we were, and we still are. But uh, I reckon it's maybe it's time. I think it's time. It sounds like it's time. Okay, my last one is a cook. Also, it's the cordless hand mixer by Cuisinart. I made the jump recently to a cordless mixer. I don't often think that a you know you need an uncorded cooking experience. I'm fine with using my electrical outlets. But a hand mixer, I think, really benefits from the freedom of not being attached to the wall. Good. So it charges, and then the little lights go on to tell you that it's fully charged, and then you can just beat to your heart's content. And (laughs) we all need that. (laughs) And it came in really handy last week. We had some, Jinxie, while you were in Thailand, we had some wild weather in Melbourne. I had a blackout. A blackout. For two hours. Mm -hmm. I did not light any of my scented candles, but I lit every other candle in this place. I cooked (laughs) dinner by the light of a candle. Luckily, I had leftovers, so I didn't have to cook from scratch. But I had been meaning to use the last of my farmer's market plums in a little cake or something. Mm -hmm. And I Googled some keywords, namely yogurt, lemon, plum cake, found two recipes, merged them together. So I'm not really going to recommend a recipe, (laughs) but... I used my cordless beaters during a blackout. What's great to whip up a frigging cake.
3: Um, because the idea of a blackout where people just have scented candles in their house—it's just the funniest <laughs> thing. Of like walking through an apartment hallway, and that's you just being like, "Oh my god, the scent!"
2: Yeah, mine is like because you have really chic scented candles. Mine are like fucking very close to being like. What you smell when you walk past like a Peter Alexander shop, <laughs> but I've got like I've got like the Casey Musgrave slow burn candle, what? which is really potent. One time I had it burning in the bathroom, and I was in my bed violently hungover at the other end of my apartment, and I could smell it, oh. and ran in there and spewed because oh I was so hungover. And I, Casey, what you doing? I just can't. Smell it the same sense, no, then you know no. it's really it's triggering. It's triggering. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, that that was a rough story. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the Cuisinart, what's it called? It's called the Cuisinart cordless hand mixer, and I recommend it, power or not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, thank you for listening to another See Also, please leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts. We love them. Uh, give us five stars.
2: Tell us something you like. Why don't you? Why don't you? We, we haven't got a review in a while, and I'm feeling oh. – I'm going to be honest – I like reading them so much. I'm feeling a bit sad. Um, We're feeling unloved. No one will give me a column. (laughs) I mean, my life's falling apart. Guys, give Jinxie a column. We're going to keep talking about it. Thanks as always to Samuel Hodge for our beautiful artwork. Harvey Sutherland for our original theme music. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.